0: How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health-minded people and professionals who are passionate about helping to change our broken medical care system that's focused on symptom relief and help us to create a true healthcare system where people can actually get to the root cause. I'm passionate about this, as I know that all of our listeners are as well. So you can eat your way to a healthy heart or you can eat your way To an unhealthy heart, you can eat your way to cardiovascular disease, which is the number one killer in our world today. Which one do you choose, and how do you choose? I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and I believe that most diseases can be prevented or reversed, and I'm dedicated to helping people find the root cause solutions so they can go from disease and dysfunction into living their healthiest and happiest life possible. So today we're gonna to be talking about some of the foods and the nutrients and the herbs that help support a healthy heart. And if you've been out there and listened to podcasts and YouTubes and, and summits and all, you know that there's a lot of controversy about what people should be eating in order to have a healthy heart. I think there's some basic commonalities in between, but there's a lot of disparity all over the place. So I'm not here to argue all that. I'm here to present facts and let you make decisions for yourself and for whatever clients or patients you're supporting. So let's start with nutrition. Let's start with the nutrients that are required to have a healthy heart, have healthy arteries, have healthy endothelial function. And basic is we start with things that are anti-inflammatory, because inflammation causes damage to the endothelial lining that can trigger cardiovascular accidents. So let's talk about things that are anti-inflammatory. The other thing we are going to talk about in addition to that is things that promote nitric oxide production, things that control vasodilation, contribute to vasodilation, so that we don't have you know, that congestion, that constriction in the vessels. So one of the things that we can talk about related to inflammation is omega-3 fatty acids. So we know that that omega-3s and omega-6s need to be in a good balance in order to, for us to have a balance of inflammation and, and lack of inflammation. And most people, because they're eating seed oils and they're eating a lot of polyunsaturated oils and foods, even people who have gone to a more plant-based diet are eating a lot of nuts and seeds, which nothing wrong with nuts and seeds, but it's having the right balance of nuts and seeds that we don't throw off the omega-3 and six balance. So I think it's important for us to test and uh, see after we look at somebody's diet history to be able to assess is this person at risk or not? And we can look at the omega ratios and all that. But there have been lots of studies that have verified that when you can supplement in the range of two to three grams a day of omega-3 fats, that that can be protective when people have imbalances in their labs. And for more details about the labs, you can check out a previous episode that we had where I went into detail about all of the labs and how they manifest. So omega-3 fats, super important. Now, does this mean everybody should be taking fish oil? No. It means that people should be eating a balance in their foods of omega-3 and omega-6. Where do we get more omega-3? Well, we get it from the plant kingdom, we get it from flax seeds and chia seeds and hemp seeds and walnuts. These are good sources. Purslane, a wild green edible, very high in that. Oh, and algae. Can't forget algae. And then on the animal kingdom, we get that more, not from animals, but from fish, from deep water, clean sources of fish. And of course, the algae, which is what the fish eat. So depending on, you know, you and your client patients orientation, you can get these from good plant sources and also from the fish kingdom. We do have to be careful when we're getting things from fish because of the mercury and the PCBs and the other contamination. So it's always a balance with foods. It's always a balance. With the plant sources, we have to make sure that you have the right nutrients in place, the B vitamins and some of the minerals that are the cofactors for an enzyme called delta-60 saturase, which converts from the short-chain fatty acids to the longer-chain fatty acids, EPA and DHA. So those are important things to consider. And this is a simple test that you can do uh, a blood spot fatty acid test from Genova Diagnostics. Um, there's a couple of other companies that will do it. You could probably even get it at Quest. I don't like their reports quite as well as some of the other reports because they don't show you the pathways. But these are good ones that you can do. We also need good antioxidants, and we find all those antioxidants in the plant kingdom, in the plant foods, right? So the foods that supply the vitamin C and the polyphenols and a lot of those things that are protective of the cardiovascular system, we need to make sure we do that. And there have been studies that show that people who are supplemented with a lot of vitamin E as a supplement didn't really have improvement. So I like to look at foods as well. So looking at getting people's diets up to speed. And one of my favorite sources of vitamin E is uh, an herb called a A-N-N-A-T-O. And it's this yellow kind of orangey, looks almost like turmeric and can be added to things. And you're gonna get a lot of vitamin E in the, in the form of tocotrienols from that. So lots of ways that we can get this. And these are helpful in preventing blood clots. We know that we can protect the body from the oxidative stress and protect the endothelial linings when we have adequate doses of these antioxidants, the vitamin E and vitamin C and vitamin A. But we also have to think about other antioxidants like glutathione. Now glutathione, you know—you can supplement with glutathione, you can supplement with precursors of glutathione like N-acetylcysteine, and there's foods that contain it. There's avocados, for example, is m- one of my favorite sources of good glutathione. So checking that out, make sure that people have that. Selenium is another antioxidant and is super important for thyroid function and thyroid Dysfunction can contribute to cardiovascular disease, so selenium is good. Selenium is cool because you can get enough selenium in two Brazil nuts to completely meet the RDA, assuming the person has good fat digestion happening. Another super important nutrient for cardiovascular health is magnesium. And we know magnesium is super important for muscle relaxation, muscle contraction, relaxation, calcium contract, magnesium relax. And guess what the heart is? It's a muscle, right? So if you're working with somebody and they're telling you about their leg cramps, oftentimes that's a magnesium deficiency and that can be affecting their heart. So magnesium is super, super important. Most people don't get enough in their diet unless they're really focusing on it. It's really abundant in green leafy vegetables and a lot of the plant foods, but The average American doesn't eat a lot of that stuff. So really looking at dietary and seeing, are we getting enough magnesium here? Are there symptoms of low magnesium? And we can always measure it, but serum magnesium is not the best way to measure. um, Red blood cell magnesium is better. So potassium is another mineral that is an electrolyte, and it's super important for contractility of the heart and for muscle function in the heart and relaxing the blood vessels, right? We need relaxed blood vessels so we don't have that constriction which can lead to a heart attack or stroke. So magnesium and potassium work well together potassium's a little harder to get if someone's on a low glycemic diet, for example. Like we're used to potatoes and bananas being really good sources of potassium. So I find that sometimes when people start to adapt a more keto approach or a low glycemic approach and they eliminate some of those foods that they start to get leg cramps and we think it's magnesium, supplement with magnesium it doesn't work it's actually potassium so these work hand in hand and we have to look at this people are under a lot of stress and have adrenal dysfunction oftentimes are low in potassium so that's an important one to look at of course soluble fiber is important it helps to pull the cholesterol out of the system right the cholesterol gets through the liver and it's put into the, through the bile ducts, into the intestine, and it's, it's there to help carry away a lot of the toxicity. And when we have a problem with the uh, lack of fiber, when we're not eliminating properly, that cholesterol just gets, keeps getting recycled and it causes high levels of cholesterol, which contribute to heart disease, but also higher levels of toxicity. So the fiber is super, super important. There's also phytosterols that you can find in plant foods that help to draw this out of the system we need to look at our good old B vitamins, of course. Um, Homocysteine is an inflammatory product that builds up when we're low in vitamin B6, vitamin B12, vitamin B9, which is folate, but also in vitamin B2, has to do with the methylation pathways. And a lot of people have variants in their methylation pathways, in fact, I've looked at statistics saying that about 40% of the population has at least one variant of the MTHFR. And when I look at people's genetics, I see a lot of variants in the MTHFR and the MTRR and things that contribute here. And one of the things that's overlooked oftentimes in supplementing is, oh, let's just take B6, B9, and B12, but also B2. So there are some nice formulas you can get that have all that. And also, again, focusing on where can we help people get this in food. CoQ10 is super important. It's part of the Krebs cycle and creates energy. And if we don't have good energy in our heart muscle, we're not going to have good cardiac function. So it's super important, helps to regenerate energy, and also it's an antioxidant. Plus, the biggie is we all know that statins, which are very highly prescribed, especially in the U.S. and the Western countries, are contributing to decreased CoQ10, and that can be altering the susceptibility to heart disease. So we're taking one drug to try to address one piece of the cardiac picture, and it's affecting another piece. So CoQ10 is super important, especially in people who have lipid abnormalities and too many of the small dense LDLs versus the large points. So we can use CoQ10 as a very strategic supplementation. CoQ10 can be found in foods, there are lists, and you can go on and get a list of foods, but most people don't really get a therapeutic amount in the foods. So if somebody's just doing it to protect themselves, it's one thing. But if you're already seeing abnormalities in the lipids and a history of cardiovascular diseases, either personally or in the family, I think CoQ10 supplementation can make sense for lots of people oh niacin forgot about niacin another b vitamin we have a whole series of episodes on niacin niacin can be super helpful for lowering lipoprotein little a for helping to dilate the vessels it's a very potent vasodilator but you've got to be careful with niacin supplementation in very large doses which is what the studies show and some people can have an adverse effect like raising homocysteine and elevating blood sugar. So we'll have a whole nother episode where we'll go into the details on that. So let's look at a few of the herbs. We've talked about a lot of these herbs in other episodes. If you wanna go in more detail, we have a whole episode on hawthorn berry, critagus, species. Um, Hawthorne is a little berry. It's a little red berry, and it's well known in its support of cardiovascular health. It helps to strengthen the heart muscle. It helps to decrease blood pressure. So it's a really good one, and you can get it as a tincture. You can get it as capsules. You can actually even get the berries. I, I've gotten them from Mountain Rose Herbs, and you can soak them or or cook them and make a, a juice, a tea, a a tincture from them. But Cawthorn Berry, is also a good liver detox, so that supports a lot of systems. So research these before you look. So there's a lot of research on garlic. And a lot of people, you know, don't want to take a lot of garlic or the the amount that they need to take for cardiovascular health because it stinks, right? It makes their breath stink and they get complaints from their family members. But garlic is very potent and there's garlic supplement. Don't buy the deodorized garlic supplements because the constituent that helps actually removed or disabled when you buy the deodorized. You can buy aged garlic, like a supplement like Kyolic, Or you can make your own fermented black garlic, which is really fun and delicious to eat and has been shown to have very good cardiovascular and antioxidant support. What else? Turmeric, good old turmeric, right? Turmeric has been the wonder herb these days and turmeric is a potent antioxidant. It's a potent uh, liver detox herb and has been found to be very helpful in a lot of different ways so it's a good anti-inflammatory and helps to bring down the inflammation inside the artery walls ginger is another one delicious condiment you can add it to everything and it's very helpful for bringing down inflammation cayenne pepper excellent as a vasodilator actually you know it opens up the vessels and it's been used a lot in um Diabetes for the, the neuropathies and creams that you put on, it gets everything to, to dilate, but it's very helpful um, to improving circulation. So uh, again, you know, therapeutic doses uh, for a lot of people may be too much, especially if they have compromised digestion and they have some irritation or inflammation in their stomachs or reflux or stuff like that. But you can get it in, in the form of capsules or tinctures. But I'm always a big fan of food. Ginkgo biloba, it is a vasodilator. It opens up circulation, especially to the brain. It's been studied in helping to bring down lipoprotein little a. in in large enough doses, it can do that. You have to be careful about people who have a tendency to uh, vascular-type headaches, because when it opens up the circulation to the brain, it may affect that. So I would go low and slow in doing that. Green tea has a lot of antioxidant properties, and it's been um, shown to be good for stimulating the circulation, um, helping to lower cholesterol levels. Um, You'd have to test it out on individual people. Um, Improves the vessel function, right? The function of the vessels is to expand, contract, expand to contract as we need it, and then reduce the risk of heart attacks or strokes. Uh, Motherwort is another one. Um, It's used a lot in thyroid and hyperthyroid, um, but it helps to tonify the heart, helps to lower blood pressure, and, and inadvertently it can help to lower the risk of heart disease. So these are all things, you know, if you're going to use any of these that are more therapeutic versus culinary, I would highly recommend that you research them and make sure that it fits well with the person that you're working with and that it's not contra-indicated for medications or other supplements or other things that they're on. So there's a lot here that you can do. It's just an introduction. We'll be doing a whole uh, two-day event. On this, we did a three-day event on this cardiovascular system for our practitioners at our conference called Shine. Check the show notes, and we'll show you how you can get access to the recordings of that. Three days of amazing information all about the cardiovascular system and the genetics and the lab testing and the foods and the supplements. So I highly recommend that you check that out. I'm dedicated to teaching practitioners to take charge of their clients' health, to help their clients to take charge of their health, and to learn everything you can. So check out our Nutritional Endocrinology program at INEMethod.com. So I thank you so much for being here, and until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.